Welcome to Get the Balance Right, a podcast for creative rebels, freaks, misfits, and geeks tired of working for the man. If you want to monetize your talents through media creation and production, then this podcast is for you. Whether you're just starting out, have a side hustle, or want to take your business to the next level, this podcast will help you profit from your superpowers. I'm your host, Heather Zeitzwolf, longtime vegan, Gen Xer, cat mom, drag queen enthusiast, and collector of weird dolls and lunchboxes. By using my professional background in business, marketing, design, and finance, I will help you move from passion to profit. If you're ready to crush your fears, take action, and do things scrappy, then together, let's get the balance right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Get the Balance Right Podcast. I am your host, Heather Zeitzwolf. I'm super excited about our guest today, Sarah Latt. She is a pinup girl. Yeah. And this is part of our new series where I interview someone who is creative and is out there doing creative things in the media. And Sarah is a pinup queen. I'm calling her queen. I don't know if she calls herself that. She's also a stylist and she does makeup. And in fact, she's going to give us some tips at the end on how to get those lovely cat eyes where, you know, you have the eyeliner that goes swooping up. Yes. She even explains how to do that with hooded eyelids, which is what I have. And whenever I try to do it, it never comes out right. Anyway, Sarah gives us the whole scoop on all of that. And if you think Betty Page and Hedy Lamar, like all those queens from back in the day were just like so awesomely cool. Well, Sarah Lett, she is giving them a run for the money. I'll tell you, she is really cool. She's part of this whole new culture. I'll call it a subculture of pinups with tattoos. You know, they pose with old fashioned cars or the whole tiki vibe. I love tiki. There are links in the show notes for you to check it out. So please enjoy this interview with the bombshell herself who goes by Betty Bomber, Sarah Latt. Sarah Latt, welcome to Get the Balance Right Podcast. Thank you for having me. I love this. This is so exciting because I have been following you on the internet for a few years now, and you have this alter ego, Bomber Betty. Yes, I really call her that, alter ego. I love that. I'm going to call you a pinup star because I see you on the internet. To me, you are a star. Bomber Betty, how did you get started doing this? About five years ago, my backstory is my father actually fought in the U.S. Army, and I've been growing up on like classic cars and going to car shows and watching these girls dress up similar to the 50s and like rockabilly. When he passed away, one of my callings was that I really wanted to help out more veterans and how I could do that. It happened to be, I found this group of women and they were called the Bombshell Betty's Calendar for Charity. And they dressed like USO 1940s, 1950s pinup. And they would go to car shows and they would do veterans events and raise funds and put together packages to send to troops. And I knew I wanted to do that. Joining that group led me into this whole open world I didn't even know existed, that there were so many planned events for rockabilly or swing dancing and all that stuff and photo shoots and magazines and car clubs and photographers. And then there I am in the whirlwind. 
That is very cool. My parents grew up during the Depression and they were part of that era. When I look back at pictures of my parents, they have that look like my mom's got the hair, the stockings with the line down, it, the whole thing. But to me, it's cool and nostalgic. The clothes that you're wearing, I mean, they look pretty authentic. Are those modern day clothes being made that way or are you a vintage shopper? I haven't done the vintage shopping quite yet because it's really expensive. And once you go down that road, it's really hard to get out. So I've had some friends who have either lent me a vintage outfit and I always be very careful with vintage because they're just so delicate. I actually bought my first vintage 1960s. I guess they would call it like almost like a caftan, but it's sleeveless and it has this beautiful waterfall back. And so it's like a tiki 60s that was very expensive. But most of my clothing come from reproduction companies. There's Unique Vintage, there's Michelle Michelin, there's Pinup Girl Clothing, and they all do a vintage reproduction. So it's brand new clothes that just look like the 50s or 60s. There's like this, I want to say like underground. There's a whole scene <laughs> of this. Years ago, there was like the whole, like you were mentioning rockabilly and swing scene, and they were dressing up in these clothes. Yeah, I remember there was like all these different fashion designers that were coming out with these lines that were, some of them had a Lucille Ball look, that sort of thing. It was just so cool. Is this a scene that's happening in Los Angeles where you're at or do they have like pockets of this all over the country? There's pockets all over. I think this scene right now is the biggest in Pomona or downtown where there's a lot of car shows. There's a tiny scene in Santa Barbara and then there's a tiny scene like in Pasadena and then there's a giant scene actually in Viva Las Vegas. There's a huge show out there every year that goes on and then Everything intertwines with itself, but I'm also getting into a like a, a vintage tiki scene. I currently work at a tiki bar, so that helps me a lot too. But there's something called Tiki Oasis, which is also pinup meets tiki. And it's really cool. Oh my God. That is such a cool combination. I yeah. love a good tiki bar and I live in Portland, Oregon. We have one of the notable ones, the Alibi. It's still in existence and it's it used to reek of cigarettes, but when the, they changed the laws, <laughs> right. they actually got the smell out of the place. But I love that idea of the whole tiki thing and I'm into shag, the artists and like that whole combination of the tiki. That is cool. And the rockabilly alignment that makes sense as well in the swing when it comes to the look of the pinups of course you think of betty page but there was all these other women that were on the sides of planes do you know who some of those women were and do you look at those pictures again inspiration i do have some of my like inspirational pinups i would say aubrey hepburn is definitely an inspiration for me and who's the one that did Wi-Fi? I'm trying to think of the Wi-Fi. Oh, oh, are you talking about Hedy Lamar? Lamar, yes. Those are all inspirational because they were smart, upcoming women. And then, mm -hmm. of course, Marilyn Monroe, because she was the face of pinup girls at that time. She was just so beautiful. I think Marilyn Monroe was like the pretty side and the really classy and fun loving. And then Betty Page was more of the taboo and uh, rough looking one. When you look at... I guess, pinup inspirations and like the way that they posed. Betty Page is a very big number because she had so many different kinds of posing and different kinds of sets. And then Lamar and those other pinups out there. 
they were also in the movies, but also like Lamar was known for her brain more than just her beauty. It's fun. Some of the magazines I actually submit to will do lookalikes. Like I've done a Betty Page lookalike because I have the dark features and the dark hair. So I did a Betty Page feature in a magazine. That's really fun. Her photographer, Bunny Yeager, I think was her photographer, was a woman. That in itself, I think would have given her like that safe environment to do all those kind of taboo type things when she's got this female photographer photographer. So when you go on these shoots, do you know the photographer or is it like you show up? How do you know? Like, do they tell you how to stand? Are you looking at pictures to figure this out? Tell me all the goods. Tell you all the goods. I'll start it like this. If you are looking to get into pinup or pinup photography or just want to loosen up a little bit, the name of it, there's two different kinds. So there's just pinup posing in cars. You could do like classic car photo shoots. And then there's like the boudoir version where you do a little bit of, you can show some knees or some ankles or some boobs, or you don't have to get like completely naked. Actually, it's actually better if you're not. A lot of the magazines like it a little bit. What's the word for it? When you you're teasing, you reach out to photographers or they'll reach out to you with an idea, or you can reach out to them with an idea. And then when you show up, I usually have a suitcase of stuff just to give them an idea. Like I have three different outfits. What do you want to shoot with? Or sometimes Mm -hmm. they'll shoot with all three, depending on the package that you choose. Like Mitzi, one of the Mitzi and co her name is She's one of one of my favorite photographers. She does car shoots. She does pool parties. So she'll give you an idea. She does like 60s shoots, 70s shoots. She wants 50s, classic pinup. And then you just show up and show her what you have. And she'll tell you exactly what she wants. She's also really good with posing. She'll give you an idea of move your face up, move your face down, smile, don't smile. So that's really cool. I've worked with a few photographers that will also have a person there helping them pose you, which is also fun. So I've had men photographers female photographers. They're all really good. I prefer females if I'm going to do like a boudoir just because it's more comfortable that way. Mm -hmm. But everybody has their photographer that they work with. (laughs) Now you are a makeup artist, so your makeup looks amazing in all of the photos. Do you do all of your makeup as well? Depends on how far I drive. With some photographers, if I have to drive like to Pomona, it's just a very far distance from Ventura. It's three hours. So if I'm driving three hours, I will have my makeup done when I get there. Cause then I have to wake up at four in the morning to get my makeup done to finish my makeup and my hair and then drive out. Yeah. And it's sometimes it's fun. I always suggest like when you're first starting out to do pinup or any kind of photo shoots and you want to be in magazines, my suggestion is to actually use their hair and makeup artists on set. It is a little bit more expensive. You're going to pay a little bit more and then you can cheapen it as you get better and posy and all that stuff. But just to start out, because then you're not worried. There's no stress. You show up, you get to have a good time. It is a little expensive. You're getting what you pay for, which is great hair, great makeup, great photos. You first got started with the calendar. If somebody wanted to get their toe wet in this environment of trying to do these types of things, are there certain magazines and certain calendars that come out each year that they could try to get into? Calendars are actually a little bit harder to get into because the photographer will choose her best girls or probably sometimes her most common. If you shoot with a photographer a lot, it's like a treat. Like, oh, thank you so much for shooting with me a lot. Here, I'm going to be putting together a calendar. I chose you for one of the days. The Bombshell Betty's calendar is done by your participation. So if you're not showing up to events and you're not reposting their fundraisers or anything like that, you're most likely not going to show up in the calendar. 
We help raise money too. We get sponsors. You're required to get a good sponsor or a few sponsors so that you can make it into the calendar. It's like a promotional thing, but it also helps the girls really reach out and do the work that they need to do to help us. And the the calendars 100% goes to veterans when we sell the calendars. So the sponsors help us make the calendars and then the calendars get given to veterans. 100% the funds for that calendar goes to veterans. So it's amazing. It's absolutely fun. What about magazines? Are there like a few in publication or- and are they local to Los Angeles or do they go national or are they online? How do people find those? Yeah, they're all over actually. One of the first magazines I was ever in was Rocket Magazine. And I believe they're local out here. Some of the photographers you work with will be the, I guess, the sponsored photographer for that magazine. So like I worked with Bonnie Navarro and she worked with Rocket and I worked with Scott Vansky and he works with Rocket. And he's actually the one that got me my 60s cover. I did like a 60s roller girl shoot at the beach and I got a cover on the magazine. And then there's something called Retro Lovely. And Retro Lovely is just the front face. Retro Lovely, actually, I'm probably going to make this up, but like 25 different magazines through Retro Lovely. Like really? They have, yes, they have Retro Lovely, Godiva, Taboo, Tattoo, but it's all the same, I guess, production. I'm not sure. So they have a bunch of different ones. If you're covered in tattoos and you're like, oh, I don't think I'm going to be a good fit. Absolutely. You're a good fit. If you are not covered in tattoos, you're a good fit. You just kind of have to find that magazine that really goes for your aesthetic. These are actually printed magazines. That's very cool because I used to love magazines and now you hardly ever see them anymore. And I would imagine because they're such a unique item that people will collect these things and you'll probably be around in someone's collection for a very long time. (laughs) One thing actually happened to me. I had a friend, he flew out to forget the state. I'm going to just make up a state just because it's for a fun story. But he flew out to Washington and he was getting his hair done. He went into a barber shop and he picks up one of the magazines. It's a pinup magazine. And he picks up one of the pinup magazines and opens it up. And there's my picture. He sends me a picture of him in a different state and me in a magazine in that state and was like, hey, by the way, guess who I looked up? And I was like, it was so like, I was like, what? Oh my gosh, that's so fun. I'm in a different state. Yeah, that is really cool. Wow. You're a makeup artist. You do beautiful makeup. If people out there want to do some sort of pinup girl makeup, what are the little tricks to it? Is it the eyeliner? What is the key items that you need to have? Pinup makeup is a very easy aesthetic, actually. Um, is it? Oh, okay. It's quite easy. If you think about the way women used to do their makeup back then, it literally was a few things. It was a little eye shadow, tiniest bit eyeliner, eyebrows, and lipstick and blush. That's it. So now how we do makeup is we do a modern version, depending on the fullest coverage to the medium coverage, we use a little bit of foundation, little concealer, and then it's to get the look, the eyeliner, the blush, and the eyebrows and the lips. Most common is black eyeliner and the wing, bright pink blush, and then bright red lips. Those are like the three things that you need to do and your book pin up. Wow. With the wings, there's an art form to that as well. I cheat and I've got one of those stamps that like stamps the wing. How do you like that? Do you like it at all? Well, you know, here's the thing. I'm in my 50s. My eyes are starting to wrinkle. In one certain spot, it's, oh, it looks good. But then when the folds in my eye fold, then it's my wing is all like weird. I think if I had younger, totter skin, it would probably look fine. So there is a trick and you can actually look it up on TikToks and YouTubes and stuff. And I did it. My fiance has, we call them 
fold. So mm-hmm. a heavy fold, even if you're young, you can be twenties and have a heavy fold. Okay. And so basically what you do is that you do the same thing you did with the stamp and you stamp your corner of your eye where you think you want your eyeliner. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as you open your eye, it's completely gone. Yeah. Okay. So then you take that stamp again with your eye open and you stamp it again in the same place that you would like it. And then when you look down, you should be able to connect both of those stamps. And then when you look up, you're going to have fresh, beautiful winged eyeliner. Oh, wow. Okay. I'll have to try that. When I first got it, I didn't realize there was a stamp on both sides. And I was like, I went stamp and then I used the same one stamp. And I'm like, that's weird. And then I was like, oh, there's two. You got to do left and right. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So that's, I actually tried it on my fiance because she has heavy hooded eyes. There's a few ways to do it. For hers, I call hers the bat wing because she likes her eyeliner a little bit bigger. So I have her look down and I create like the nice line from the corner of her eye up. And then I have her look up and I draw a straight line to the center of the top of her lid. And then when she looks down, I literally create like a C shape to connect those two and then just color the rest in. It looks like a little bat wing when she looks down. When she looks up, it looks like a perfect wing. Wow. I'll have to try that. I like bat wings. Very cool. Tell people where they can find this stuff and if they want to try this stuff out themselves. Yeah, they can also just reach out to me. I have a few Instagram platforms. You can find me at my modeling platform at Bomber Betty, one word, and then it's Bomber as in dropped bombs. And then Betty as in B-E-T-T-Y, like Betty Boop. I actually picked my name because Bomber Girls, as you've said earlier, were the girls that were painted like on the side of airplanes. They're considered good luck charm on ships, planes. And so I was like, oh, I'm a little good luck charm. And then my grandmother's name was Betty and she spelled it B-E-T-T-Y. So I took Betty from my grandmother and it's a very, very common pinup name, Bomber Betty or Betty Page or something like that. So I like that. And then my makeup page, I go as Vintage Vixen Vanity just because I like the way, I forget how you call it. Oh yeah, yeah. Like an alliteration. Alliteration. Yes, I love that. So you can find my makeup page on there and I list all the magazines I've been in. I list little tricks and tips just to throw it out there. Cause I think my fan base and like my people that follow me really like that stuff. I try to get all of those things in there. It's hard to keep up with social media for sure. And if someone was like, Ooh, I want to try this. Is this something that they organize something locally or as far as raising money for veterans, is this something like they could start their own? I mean, of course, veterans organizations are always looking for volunteers. You can actually find Bombshell Buddies calendar on my Instagram as well. If you're local in California or in Palmdale, you can definitely hit them up. There are other groups. You can look up pinup groups that help veterans. And there are other groups. There's actually one in Oregon. I want to say they're called Deadly Dames, but I could be 100% wrong. But yeah, I looked up because I originally was thinking about moving to Oregon. And that's one of my things is that I have to go somewhere where there's some kind of help of the veterans or something. So I wanted to join something. I looked up Oregon and there's a group out there. When does this calendar come out if people want to buy one and they can purchase that online, right? Yeah. So usually we have a launch party in November. Yeah. And then you can go online to Bombshell Buddies Calendar for charity.com. You can find magazines there. You can also donate money if you'd like to help with the cause. Those proceeds will 100% go to our veterans. Very cool. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you. Is there any other makeup things that you want to know? Ooh, makeup. Yes. Okay. (laughs) I love makeup tips. With the eyeshadow, you were mentioning in the crease, you've got 
more of a heavier line. And then with the eyeliner, it looks like it goes all the way to your corner of your eye. Is that right? Correct. I try to draw from the corner of my eye all the way out. I actually start with my tail first. Oh, you do? Okay. This is another tricky thing for me because with wrinkles, it's so hard to get a straight line. And plus, I can't see very well without my glasses. Instead of starting at the end, I start in the middle, which is probably goofy. I'm like, I go like this and then I'm like, I'll connect it. It also depends on the tools you're using. I always say either it's your technique, your tool, or your product. So you have those three things that you're trying to use. So if your product is drying too fast on you while you're trying to make a line, probably try to use a wetter product or a different kind. There's the technique. If you're starting from the top corner and you can't find yourself making a straight line, start from maybe the inner corner or do it in stripes. Do a little bit, do a little bit, do a little bit. And then also the product or maybe the tool that you're using. I love Revlon. They have these little cute little felt tips and they're short. And that really gets me to get into this inner corner, into the center of my eye. Super easy because it's super close. They're short tips. But then to get these beautiful, like long wings on the end, I actually like to use Elf or NYX products. They have the longer felt pens and they're like really long where I literally just press it in one corner and I flick it out because it's so long. Yeah. So it just makes the wing for me. And then there's other products like liners that you have to use a little bit of water and a brush. Mm -hmm. And those are always fun too, because you can use a long brush or a short brush to get your technique up either way. Yeah, I've bought ones that were like, it's almost like a liquid eyeliner, except for it has no pigment and you dip it into your favorite eyeshadow and then you can make it. But those always seem to dry out really fast. Have you yeah, tried those probably. Yeah. That sounds yeah. like fun though. I've never tried the flick. So I'm going to have mm-hmm. to try the flick. Okay. Try the flick. <laughs> I would do it on your hand first. Do it on your hands just oh, to get the motion. Get the, yeah. See if you can get it and then try it on your eye. Sometimes I'll be like, okay, I'll try it. And then I try to get the wing or whatever, and then it messes up. Is there an easy way to get that off without messing up the whole thing? What do you Oh, I love that you asked that question. Yes, there is. Yes. A lot of people will do their full face of makeup. And then the last thing they do is their eyeliner. So now if you go in with a Q-tip and water and you wipe that off, it's going to wipe all of your makeup off. Yeah. Yes. So two things you can do. One thing is take a little brush. If you just need to fix underneath the line, take a little brush and dip it into your foundation and dip a little bit. Yes. Listen to me. Dip it into (laughs) your foundation and a little bit into your primer. And what the primer is going to do is it's going to allow it to be a little bit wet. So it's just the same thing as like Q-tip and water. You're going to be able to remove, but the foundation is going to replace what you just removed. So you're not ruining your makeup. Oh, I like this trick. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. My other thing is too, I always do my eyes first. So if there's anything that I mess up, I can cover up with my foundation or wipe off of my face because I use so many different kinds of eyeshadow palettes and some eyeshadow palettes are fantastic and super pigmented, but also have a lot of fallout. So if you Mm -hmm. do your eyes first, then you're able to just clean up your cheeks with a makeup wipe and then do your whole foundation and it makes your life so much easier. Oh yeah. And do you do the mascara last? Mascara is last. Yeah. Okay. Mascara last. And what do you think of all the false eyelashes now? Have you tried the ones with their magnets? I have actually, I have an allergy to metals. So I was always apprehensive. Yeah. So I was apprehensive. So I tried one time I did the eyeliner with the magnet, with the magnetic stuff in it, and then put the lashes on. I tell you right now, if you are not allergic to metals and you are not afraid of doing that, it's such an easy way to apply eyeliner and lashes because glue is, girl, I've fought with glue for years. (laughs) 
years, but the double magnet ones are actually pretty fun. It took me a while to figure out how to get those on, but again, it's just trial and error. Once you practice it, practice it, you should be able to get it. No problem. I always suggest for people because when you're doing eyelashes, curl your eyelashes and apply mascara when you're doing one eyelash. So if you're doing an eyelash on the top, your eyelashes on the top, if you're applying eyelashes, you always want to do a curl and mascara when you're doing the magnetic ones, because it's a top and a bottom, you actually don't need to add mascara and it'll just dirty your lashes. So I just curl my lashes and usually just put the lashes over my lashes, but I have black lashes. So if you're blonde, you may still consider curling, adding mascara, and then applying the magnetic lashes. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. And do you have the curling thing? Do you have Mm -hmm. any particular, these all seem the same. Are they all the same or? They're all pretty the same. Just curl them in however fashion that you, whatever comfortable way, a spoon, a curling lash thing with your finger, however you can get them curled. I would just do it before you apply your lashes because your lashes will stick out straight underneath those curled lashes if you apply them. How do you do it with a spoon? How does that work? I guess there was a time back then where they would heat up a spoon and make it warm and they would just apply it to the bottom of their lash to curl it. Yeah, it was an older thing. You don't have to do it now. I think my grandma did it when she was younger. Wow, that's really cool. Until you burn yourself, but don't want to do that. (laughs) Cool. Thank you so much, Sarah. This has been so much fun. And I love that whole tiki thing. In the 90s, there was a tiki revival. Is there like a tiki revival going on right now in Los Angeles? I I think so. There's so many more tiki bars also popping up. I want to say I have a list right now in the United States of 34. But knowing the tiki bars that have come up, I want to say there's probably maybe six more in the States that have actually popped up. There's three dots and a dash in Illinois. The one that you mentioned in Oregon, mm-hmm. there's in San Diego, there's a place called false idol, which is really cool. Yeah. There's a bunch of them. They're just fun. And if you like rum or you like the whole like <laughs> tiki aesthetic, it's a thing. Some tiki bars will go all out and do songs and dances. So if you've ever been to Disneyland, Trader Sam's is actually a really fun one. And they like spray with water and it always sounds like a thunderstorm is going off. And so it's really fun. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's really fun. I remember when I was a kid going to a tiki restaurant and it just seemed like I was going to another country or something. I think I have that built into my brain of like it being so magical or something. It's like (laughs) drinking out of a coconut. It just seems so. Yeah tropical and different or something. I don't know. But well, Sarah, thank you so much. This has been really fun. And thank you for the makeup tips. I'm going to try that. You're so welcome. 